evening, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep Season 4. Uh, it's just a show where we watch something that I'm curious about, and then I have an opinion about that thing that alienates my friends. <laughs> that's the show. And the listeners. Don't and forget the, about that. <laughs> well, that's true. Probably also a lot of the listeners. Um, oh, man. There was a Twitter thread the other day. Like, Twitter movies was like, what's your movie opinion that nobody agrees with? And uh, yeah, mine is that the, uh, obviously, as you guys know, is that the, the Mummy with Tom Cruise is better than The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. That's just and one of yours. I know, but, not... but it's perfect for that because I've, like, I think maybe close to zero people agree with me. Like, that's <laughs> maybe some Tom people... Cruise. Yeah, say, Tom Cruise yeah. doesn't even agree with you on that. He's like, yeah, no, that was a, that yeah. was a mulligan on that movie. <laughs> I'm sure somebody agrees that was on that movie. Yeah, um, I mean, the fact that one of those movies started a four film franchise and one of them <laughs> killed a franchise. <laughs> I think really says a lot. And the, the craziest part is that I'm still right about that. Um, anyway, um, let me introduce you to the panel today. I'm Alex Falcone, recording in North Koreatown, Los Angeles. And here are some of my friends. At, first off, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter, PT2. He's in Southeast Portland. He's got a tiny blender for a hand and a laser pointer for a forehead. Welcome back, Lieutenant Anthony Lopez. Hey, great to be here. Uh, guys, I, I know I usually am the one going for like longer podcasts but i got this game of dom drop with a bunch of nausicans <laughs> set up uh at like three you're gonna play so needlessly I'm, complicated space pool need, well it's it's dom no, it drop. Have need, some respect, it, Alex, it does right? need to be complicated just yeah. so you know it is a star trek sport it needs to be pretty complicated yeah, I, I would love to play that game i love the idea that the like you're like well billiards is fun but what if the stick played itself yeah but also i like the idea that the way that they're gonna like make it easier for the human was like we can give you a bigger stick. Yeah, so, <laughs> how the small stick is a disadvantage. It does seem like. Also, I like that they made a way for billiards to be easier to cheat at because uh, mm. apparently you can cheat in both the stick or in the table. Neither of which I think is possible in billiards. Oh, mm. it's both possible. Well, I it's may, like you maybe. just give someone an exploding stick in billiards. They're not gonna okay. Win. So killing people is not the same not as winning. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, also joining us today, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd uh, from the woods of Arkansas. His grandfather was a secret Romulan. It's Ensign Hunter Donaldson. Space. <laughs> I'm back. Oh, yeah. That was a fun voice. That's a new one. Yeah, I actually uh, actually checked it to see if it was going to be overwhelming or not. So you're oh, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, didn't didn't ruin anyone's shower. Um, <laughs> also joining us in Northern California, he's pretending to be a dickhead god, but is actually just hanging out in a white soundstage. It's First Officer <laughs> Ezra Fox. <laughs> uh, uh, see, I didn't have anything for, for Q uh, lined up, but I do have uh, my Aunt Adele cured a lot of sleepless nights with esteemed milk. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet, Aunt Adele. I don't know what was in this milk toddy, though. Like uh, It was steamed milk with nutmeg, I think, was the only thing I gathered. And they got it from the wall, but they didn't show us getting it from the wall. There's one thing I wanted, Hunter, and it did not happen this More wall food? Four episodes, no one ordered oh, anything you're right. from the wall. And yeah. only one in the first half of the episode. I, used I like literally watched an episode last <laughs> night that had somebody get something from the wall. I could have wanted. That. It's all I asked. You said you love making playlists. The next thing you should do is here's a playlist that's got a lot of good wall Dude, action. Oh my mm. god, I would the replicator playlist yeah. where it's like the most use of that. I, yes. I, I almost made it all about poker, but I'm glad I didn't because you, you did hated come the poker. In that it one makes episode. it seem like they play poker constantly on the show they, and they only do. take a break to they have do. a. It's like it's actually a huge thing. Yeah. Like, like 
it's it, it <laughs> uh, yeah especially once you get like towards the end of the show it's like a very very big deal that they play poker. Yeah, i mean it is very much in in the same way that like um it, it's a trope of like naval films mm-hmm. right like yeah. the crew playing poker is such like a common thing and it's like certainly a thing one that they constantly find a way that i think that even though i know you had problems with this in the in the first episode that we did uh-huh. for poker but they find a really great way of using poker as a metaphor for what the episode is about. Yeah, it turns out poker's got a lot of metaphors tied to yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's like the the amount of different ways they find to use poker to tie into space themes. But I is but interesting. What's hilarious uh, to me is that they were like, well, we couldn't possibly play billiards. We have to play robot space billiards. Yeah, and then they were also going to play five <laughs> card stud. <laughs> Like we're in the 1920s playing poker. It's a yeah. very interesting choice. Well, yes, you don't know what card games are going to survive the test of time. That's okay? true. You, you never do. Don't know that. Um, that not that one because it's not that fun. Um, but I the, mean, I like I I have no opinion. But like maybe that's what they were trying to say is like in the future, actually, the only card games that survive are kind of the shitty ones. <laughs> yeah, we lost all the fun <laughs> games in World War Three. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's very funny. Uh, before we start the show and talk more about our episode today, our homework today, before we do that, I would like to thank all of our fabulous meat buddies and uh, who keep us just floating aimlessly through space. If you would like to join Ooh. them to keep the show limping down the space tracks, go to metreon.com. And we really appreciate everybody who helps support the show. Uh, before we talk about homework, we also have to talk about the news. I have a little lightning bonus round of news today that I want to cover. Um, first up, because it's a follow-up to last week. Obviously, last week we talked about episode one of uh, Stupid Rich People in Space. And today is the other half of Stupid Rich People in Space. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, as you I'm surely know, uh, also kind of went to space, but not really. His uh, giant dick sh- dick-shaped rocket which I know they're all dick shaped, but this one is more so than usual. It really is. Yeah. I didn't actually believe you when you said that uh, yeah. like last episode or whenever you brought that up. And then I actually looked at it and was like, oh my God, it is wild. That yeah. it, it does look so much like a pain. Well, it's crazy because like I didn't give them permission to model it after my cock. <laughs> I know, like, like, guess me up there. That's what I get for bringing Alexa into my house. You see it and you're <laughs> like, like yeah, mine does. also has four protruding legs yeah. for when I set it down gently. Yeah. That's got to be mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's great about this one? So this is Jeff Bezos' company, Blue Origin, um, who was almost first, and then they were not first. And this is the rocket they've been working on for 15 years. And they're also like six years behind delivering their rocket engine that's actually useful uh, that they were supposed to have done several years ago. Um, but the best part of this is it's, so it's Jeff Bezos, his brother, an 18-year-old whose dad owns a hedge fund, who was the yeah. second highest bidder in an auction. Well, his and dad, who started a hedge fund in 2009, which is not suspicious or weird or sketchy <laughs> at all, that you get into real estate hedge funds oh, no uh, kidding. at the time when the market was at the worst it's ever been in our lifetimes. So the, those so. three people are on this rocket, and then they also put on Wally, who is 81 years old. She was one of the original Mercury 13, so she trained to be an astronaut, but then when NASA would not allow women to be astronauts and she finally got to go to space and they put her on the flight because otherwise no one in the world would care if it blew up. Mm -hmm. 
with those other three passengers, they were like, we have to do something and we can't afford a panda. Who can we put on this flight so that people are actually rooting for us a little bit? And they put on this incredibly cool woman. Yeah, uh, she is a badass. Like genuinely yeah, like a legend. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, everyone else on that ship sucked at the same yeah. time. I'm assuming that Jeff's brother sucks. I can just tell. But that I don't have actually. I like the idea him. of Wally like being kind of like a like a karmic balancer anytime like you're going to do something that's maybe a little sketch and you like yeah. want like the karmic gods on your side you're like well like can you can you make this this benefits you as well it would uh, just really, think- like yeah if we're like if every time i said my opinion about a movie wally funk was like well you seem like a nice kid everyone would be like what a great what a great guy no you'd have to be like every time i tweet wally gets one dollar or like one space buck <laughs> yes you know oh man people would not hate twitter as much if every time yeah. somebody tweeted wally funk got a dollar um yeah I, I what i think is so amazing about this one besides one like i am you know i'm pretty cynical about stuff but i do think space travel is like a cool frontier and like some yeah. space science from it comes from it yeah. um not i do one. wish i do wish better people were doing it but it just amazes me, like, you know, you hear about, like, the overview effect? Is that what it's called? The thing when, like, oh. most astronauts talk about how, like, once you get at the space, it, like, changes you, right? Yeah, like, you yeah. You see the world from the top, and it, like, is, like, a real profound. You come back being a better person. Yeah. You want to give more. And Blue just Origin's the fact- marketing department put out a whole thing about how if you give them a million dollars and go up in their hot air balloon, it'll change you profoundly this way. Uh, but yeah, I love the fact that they're <laughs> leaning into it. And you yeah. know, Jeff Bezos got up there and he was like, this can all be mine. Like he had the opposite <laughs> oh, yeah. of effect. You know? yeah, yeah. He landed and the first thing he said yeah. was, thanks to all the workers at my company, you paid for this? Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I mean... he. Jeff Bezos, who is one, first off, like he is, he is, I, you know, I certainly have pointed this out with certain people over the years, but like talk about a GHB head. Like he is obviously juiced a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because his head and ears and nose are all so big and it, he has yeah. that weird, almost Sylvester Stallone like voice now. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird to have to be so rich. But feel like you need to juice to like get maximum gains. Well, yeah, um, he's also I. I mean, this is gross, but also that's not the thing that bothers me the most about him. Um, what's great about like I think a lot of billionaires come off as like real douchebags and probably committed a lot of crimes and certainly moral violations to get where they are. But yeah. in his case, like if you say thanks to my customers, you paid for this. That's weird that you're like rubbing in our faces that we overpaid for stuff by so much that you could go on a joyride. Right. But to say your workers paid who traditionally we think of you paying your workers like that's Mm. the normal model. And even in your head at your greatest moment, you can't say that you are helping you're paying them you're doing something to it's that they are paying no. you right like, Those warehouse what a broken, workers broken human being we're working Look. 10 hour days pissing in bottles between shelves so that yeah he that's could literally go, what he was making he's like yeah if you like if i had paid you better i couldn't have done this it's like yeah just the douchiest well, guys I, it just, I, I appreciate this but i feel like you're all missing this exactly because it's for a little bit of time earth was finally free of jeff, jeff bezos yeah that's for true we get we to did, feel we it. We did have a little less, and mm-hmm. I think I felt it. So that's like that's the underview effect. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just think I, <laughs> it changes I, me to see Jeff Bezos in space. Right. It it, it changed us down here. Yeah. I just think Jeffrey, um, like if Jeffrey was a less bold man, mm-hmm. I feel like 
he would uh, be like, I don't know if this is the right time for me to go to space right now. Like after the pandemic and all of the like right, kind right, of right. horrible Amazon stuff. Not but instead he goes up there, comes back down and says probably the worst timed thing he could say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you paid for this. Things are yeah. going well. He could. He should have come down and just like been like, things are going awesome just for me <laughs> right now. I That'd mean, be cool. They- there is something, especially like the you know the super rich that he the category he and they are essentially living demigods, right? In the, <laughs> uh-huh. Like they are, like in the way that like old royalty, totally. yeah. like oh yeah. their their god chose their DNA. That's right. why they're like this. And like Jeff Bezos and a lot. So like these super rich, essentially demigods going to space is a little bit too close to home for like, oh, now you're like actually trying to become a god. That's yeah, cool. no. Yeah, no. Yeah. And uh, like tomorrow he's going to have a press conference where he's just going to be like, I just wanted to announce my dreams are coming true. That is all. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm guys, having is, a good time here. You year to know, 2021, good year for me. It's yeah. going well for Jeffrey. <laughs> hey, 2020 was a banger year for him. He was. It really 2020 was. 2020 was probably one of the best years of his he's life. Just, we like, were paying yeah. for him to go to space all last yeah. year. Oh, he's man. Like, it's like a headline in the Washington Post. Like, I'm having a great day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> opinion, Jeff Bezos. I'm having a good time. I, I, I don't hate this life. Oh, man. It was so upsetting. All right. A couple other things that are uh, differently levels, different levels of upsetting. Uh, in movie news, uh, the first trailer for He's All That came out. And I know you guys are desperately excited to watch the movie He's All That. Um, and this is not a problem that's unique to the, but it made me very angry. And this is not a problem that's unique to this movie because it was exactly the same in She's All That. But I just want Hollywood to stop telling me that hot people aren't hot. Like, I'm yeah. fucking sick of it. You can't take a model and then be like, this guy is hopeless. Only a magical makeover could ever make him decent looking. Like, I know hot people. I've seen mm. hot people. I know. Isn't that also, though, like, kind of the thing with incels? Like, most of them, if you actually, like, pit them through a shower and got them to a gym for a little bit. You think they'd they, be hot? They, I mean, they would be hotter oh, than they are. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, it's, so- like, that is a big part of, like, <laughs> The black pilled culture is people just being like, chicks only want certain guys, so I'm not even going to try. But a lot of them, like a lot of people who are kind of like famous incels, like if they put in the effort and try to look good, they Anthony, could, you look, just you know, saying I, that like everybody's actually hot and that if well, you were in a movie, you'd be hot well, too. So, okay, okay, well, so I, I kind of like that point. And the point of the yeah. in the trailer, her thing is that she's like a make a makeover artist. And mm-hmm. so she can rescue him. If she, if that's her superpower, when you're writing the movie, give her a project. Hire an Ugo and show yeah. that she can make him look rad. Right. But if the guy is already hot, like she's not doing a makeover. She's just like is... wiping off his ugly poo-poo makeup. I want to see this. Let's see. Let's I see have what not, we got. I have not heard of this trailer. Oh, this the, does the, sound like this, this, really, this isn't all. big on your his movie is, news. His name is Tanner. No. Yeah, his name is Tanner. Uh, he um, looks hot. Like, I mean, he looks, yeah, he looks a, hot. a good looking guy. Good looking um, dude. Yeah, this, in terms of movie trailers this week, this wasn't one of that I saw. I did think it was... It blew my mind. Have you guys seen the trailer for The Last Duel? The Adam Driver, Matt Damon. The Last uh, Stool? Duel. The Last Duel. Oh, okay. Duel. So we're, fi- we're, we're finally no done schools. with them. <laughs> um, but it's got Joey, uh, Jody Col- Colomo in it. Really good cast. But it just, 
it looks all right. Uh, I wasn't super into it until I found out it was a Ridley Scott movie. And I love Ridley Scott's historical epics. He has a mm. very good track record with those. But what blew my mind about this trailer, and I have not been able to stop thinking about this, is that Ridley Scott has two movies coming out within a month of each other this year. Uh, the Last Duel and The House of Gucci. And he is oh. 83 years old. Whoa. Oh, dang. 83 years old and he's still releasing two movies a year? Jesus. That is fucking insane. I just could not That's crazy. That's a, that's wrap crazy. my head around like do you know how much work it is to direct a major motion picture? Maybe it's, when you're 80, your AD does most of the work. Yeah, yeah it could be may, like that. I mean, I de- I definitely doubt, don't doubt he has an excellent crew that he's yeah. probably worked with for a very long time. But it's just 83 years old and still making, you know, hundreds of million I'm, dollar movies. It's ins- it's insane. I'm glad it's, you mentioned this because I'm looking at this picture now of uh, Matt Damon uh, and his haircut beard combination oh, yeah. for this movie. Not, and this is actually kind of maybe undermining my point from the last part, which is that you can make an uggo on, in Hollywood. You can take Matt Damon and make him look oh like shit. God, it turns love, out. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. All right. Spin off. Yeah. He's no longer that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he used to be that. Uh, <laughs> that's a great idea. Um, okay. Two more very quick uh, items. Number one, uh, this is old, a little older news, but I only just heard it. Uh, Netflix is throwing a real-life Bridgerton ball this November, um, a, a cosplay event for those of you who loved Bridgerton, which we talked about on our spinoff podcast, but as, um, will you be going? And if you dress as the Duke, will you carry a handkerchief full of goo everywhere? What? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't watch the series, Hunter? No, I guess I'm not up to date on Bridgerton. Yeah, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to mention the Netflix is getting into video games. Yeah, it's, year, I, I actually is... heard about this on the conversation about Netflix getting into video games is that they're also getting into live yeah. events. And probably the next step is theme parks. Well, um, it's just so funny because for years people have been saying... Who's going to be the Netflix of video games? And it's like <laughs> Netflix this finally and heard and took it personally. It's like, oh, the Netflix of video games is going to be Netflix. Who knew? Who could have seen <laughs> that coming? Um, the Netflix and Netflix, it seemed like yeah. the next logical step. It does make it. It's a great idea. Um, we, we became the Netflix of Blockbuster, and then we became the uh, Netflix of Netflix. Of HBO, that was Netflix yeah. of video games, yeah. Um, and then lastly... Um, if we're recording this on Thursday, we're releasing this Thursday afternoon. Um, so tonight, if you are getting this today, uh, you can watch on CBS or Paramount Plus. You can watch the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and I'll be on it. That's what's happening tonight. This is Whoa. the smallest of news, but I am going to be on TV tonight, so you should check oh, nice. that out if you want. Or if you're listening to this in the future on YouTube, it's easy. Yeah, um, yeah. Just watch. Yeah. I, I recommend YouTube. For it, you know, it's a good way to do it. I yeah, like Paramount you, Plus. It's one of my. It's one of my, the ones I pay for. You it's know, one of nine <laughs> services I pay for. If you ever listen to this show and think, what do they possibly find likable about Alex? Watch a stand up. <laughs> it's pretty adorable and sweet. And I think yeah, it's really funny. I do think this is a pretty sweet uh, set. So one of the things is, so when they originally met the Booker for the show, we were talking about how there was like this old version of late night sets where like the comic would just come out and shit on his wife for five minutes. 
And so we were talking about doing sort of an inverse where I do five minutes about my wife and how she's rad. So I just, my whole set on Colbert tonight is about how I like my wife. And so if you want to see a very soy beta cuck uh, set. <laughs> soy, like, yeah. As if uh, I didn't get enough uh, comments on my TikTok and YouTube pages already just saying the word soy. soy. I can't wait to see them on Colbert's uh, YouTube page. Today. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how they get you? They just say yeah. soy. They just Th- say soy. Else. Yeah, it's really strong. And then Alex. sometimes I say oat milk. But yeah. it's not great. Come I on. mean, Alex, you are—you are a very soy boy. I mean, not in a bad. <laughs> no, no you're a, right. I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but Look, like, I eat a I... lot of soy. I have the texture of soy. <laughs> yeah, I have the color of soy. It's I am fair, very whatever. much like if somebody well, yeah, was like everybody is what they are. You know, yeah, like yeah. I just think the brevity is funny. Like yeah. just how yep. soy, just soy. Yeah, soy. yeah, yeah. It boy. used to be longer. It used to be beta cuck, whatever, yeah. all the stuff. But now it's usually just soy. Uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna. We'll you see. Know, it's just a food, y'all. Yeah. It's just it's not, you can't just be like it's an yeah. insult now. I thought no. we were naming beans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I what mean, a fun game. Rather be called soy than like a groper. You know what I mean? Like it's this worst names to be called yeah, on the modern sure. internet. Yeah, yeah. Right. Thing, yeah, yeah. Whatever is bad now will be born later, and then we'll that's get a new one. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's what yeah. Happens. I mean, anybody who think actually the first time someone did call me soy boy, I was like, oh, I do have kind of the texture of tofu on my face. <laughs> so yeah, I like it's not the worst. Um, there is soyboy.com, which is actually just a, a soy company, which had no idea of mm. what the internet would would. Oh man, they got they got a full Karen. They didn't. They had yeah. no idea. Soyboy.com should redirect to a very very um just gay website that just has a lot of just very specific type of males on yeah, it. it doesn't yeah you know? so, <laughs> uh, um i wonder how long soy boy has been around and how they've dealt with this okay perfect good for them um wow you found that fast um, it was it was part of their uh their like little like blurb so uh, okay i did notice when you look at their website you should all go to soyboy.com and go down to the bottom there's just a dog poking his head up that says tofu tofu mm. that's cute <laughs> how could you hate this how could you be against any of this I think when people <laughs> call people soy boy, they're not referring to them like, yeah, you're like that soy company with the dog <laughs> you're website. You're like that cool, cute tofu dog. Mean, I think they mean something else. Well, well, whatever they mean, you can see them call me that today on YouTube starting tonight, 1135 uh, in your Eastern and Pacific, if you want to stay up super late or tomorrow. Watch, watch it on all of the, if you have a screen, watch it on that multiple times. Let, let Colbert also, know. Actually, it's a, it's a really fun episode because the uh, others, the guests say, I'm doing stand-up, but the celebrity guest is Hannah Einbinder, who's a friend of mine and who is the co-star of Hacks and who is just like the yes. funniest, loveliest person. I, and what I didn't know you knew. That's so cool. I just, I just watched. So Hacks. Hannah and I good. actually originally taped Colbert together a couple years ago, and we we'd known each other for a little bit. I think Hunter and Anthony. Yeah. Well, Hunter, you met her in Portland at one point. She did the me. show. She did she our did show in Portland, point. but it was after your time, Anthony. But she's so lovely, and um, so the the stand up is pre taped. The celebrity guest is actually there. So my tape, they told me they're going to put it in tonight. And this is a little behind the scenes, and she's going to be there for real. And so I I texted her, and I was like, Hey, the, I we're going to be on the show together. Isn't that crazy? And she's so much more famous than me now. And yeah, she's I was huge. like, I was like, we're going to have a little razzy thing about how she's like upstaging me. And she goes, Oh, it's such an honor to be opening for you. And I'm going to make sure I don't go too long. Cause I don't want them to have to cut into your set, which is the sweetest thing you could possibly say there. It was she's mm. too nice. She's unbearably nice. Um, <laughs> but I'm very excited to see her interview. Cause yeah, she rules. So cool. um, and yeah. And hacks is super good. If anyone uh, has not seen that. Yeah. Totally like hacks. Yeah. it's fun. Cause my, my parent, I, I did not know um, straight. Is that her name? What's 
What's the other? You talking about Gene Smart? Gene Smart. 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 Yeah. I didn't know Gene Smart. My uh, and my parents did not know Hannah Einbinder. So it was a really fun combination. Where we got to talk about it afterwards. Like, hey, our two people are hanging out. Dude, yeah. I love Jane Smart. She's yeah, great. Jean, she Jean's, rules in that show. It's so Jean's fun. Jane Smart has always been incredible, but the last, uh, the last like two years on HBO between uh, Watchmen, Mayor of East Town, and Hacks, she has been putting in incredible work in all yeah. three of those shows. All wildly different yeah. characters and different versions of Jane Smart, but she's top notch in all yeah. three of them i can't she was also she was in uh i think it kind of her her thing started with her being in season two of fargo which is my yes. favorite season of television period yes. she's wow. very very good, good in that she's just been in uh just really doing incredible work the past few years like she has a career of incredible work for the past few years she's just been on fire all right so let's um move on it's been a long segment and i don't like talking about myself too much so let's move on to segment two the homework So it is segment two. Also, this is part two of our Star Trek The Next Generation double feature. Uh, we watched four more episodes from Hunter's playlist for us this week. We watched 4.1 Best of Both Worlds part two, the thrilling conclusion of the Best of Both Worlds, or the other world is what I call it. Uh, 4.21 <laughs> Drumhead, 5.18 Cause and Effect, and 6.15 Tapestry. Um, a wonderful collection. Um, let me give you the summary uh, for those of you who did not uh, watch these four episodes. First, you remember from last week, Baldy, Hand Makeup, Reading Rainbow, Random Kid, Attorney Cleavage at Law, and 90s Beard Winky Face, and a Water Buffalo are flying through space, getting into some shit. That's the premise. Um, so in the first episode we watched, Best of Both Worlds Part 2, um, uh, Baldy is now half robot. He's got a little antenna and a laser pointer and a tiny blender hand, um, which is adorable. And they all spin and don't stop. It's not like a usable blender hand. It's just like a constantly slightly turning blender hand. Um, and his friends rescue him off the Borg ship and they put a straw into his head. Uh, and then Data gets the other end of that straw and they like share a milkshake, which causes the Borgs to nap, which cause and naps cause the Borg to explode. And then they wash all the robot makeup off Baldy and he is fine. Later on in Drumhead, there's a spy on board the ship. So a visiting piece of shit from Star, Star Command shows up to hold a McCarthy tribunal. Um, it's uh, yet another kangaroo court for a show that, as far as I can tell, Hunter, is basically just law and order the next generation. Because mm. there's nothing the show... The only thing the show loves more than poker, it's having a kangaroo court. Ooh, do they <laughs> well, ever have, I... like... Um, like, do they ever have to legislate any poker hands? Like, I think that'd oh, be yeah, like... Did any of those ever go to tribunal? Yeah. I don't remember, but I'm That's sure it probably at some point. Um, everything turns out fine at the end of that one. Uh, and then in <laughs> cause and effect, they're playing poker again. And despite being several seasons later, none of them have gotten any better at it. Um, then they bunch, bump into some space gibberish and they do the poker game again and it turns out we're in a classic Groundhog Day situation uh, that causes well, them to repeat. But this each time classic Groundhog Day situation at all, really. It's a very different Yeah, it's like it's, it's a different time with, it's, with the whole town yeah, of Bill Groundhog has a, you know, a very specific rules in which your consciousness goes back. This is not really that. You yeah, know? You also, can only also ground, no, here's what you don't understand. Groundhog's Day is a classic cause and effect Star Trek The Next Generation situation uh, because this was cursed, you dingus. By how long? Uh, like a year. Oh, wow. So, so uh, long enough that that one, or short enough that that one was already in production, you think? 
No, I think they started the day they saw the episode. <laughs> <laughs> cause and effect. They're like, well, let's do this. Yeah. Um, interesting. Um, well, it's a similar thing. They're in a time loop, uh, and the way they get out of it is the number three and by shaking the cameras a lot and then making the actors <laughs> pretend they're about to fall yes. over. Um, I'll hide the bag the, trap! The, it ends, <laughs> I just the, the love that shot. The count shows up. The count shows up and says, this one is brought to you by the number three. Yeah. And then uh, the, the day is saved. There's an and then owl. Kelsey Grammo shows up. And then and they get to oh, meet yeah. Kelsey Grammo. Yeah. So it turns out it was all worth it. Yeah. And the card's like, I, we should talk about what you can do with those toss salad and scrambled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was, this was, you know, he didn't even know about the toss salad and scrambled eggs. This is pretty crazy. Even before? Yeah. Wait, wow. This is, wait, the this is before Frazier had ever tossed any salad? Was well, that I mean, I didn't watch Groundhog all Day. of Cheers. Uh, he might have tossed salad in uh, okay. Cheers in bar, at some yeah. point. Yeah, but yeah, this a bar was salad. This was at the during the final season of Cheers, so like the height of his sort of fame connected with that show. Oh, uh, cool! Doing this, it's just interesting little tidbit. Yeah, that is an interesting tidbit. Um, he looks very fun. And then uh, lastly, we watch Tapestry, where Baldy gets shot, and while he's laying on the slab, <laughs> he's visited by the ghost of Q Miss Past. Um, he must go back to when he's in school and fix his problems, like specifically the problem of not banging his good friend while she looks like a child and he looks like an old man. So he fixed sure. that. Sure. Solved the problem of us not seeing Jean-Luc Picard make out with a child before. So good job there. Yeah, um, that, that episode does feel a bit of like uh, Patrick Stewart walking into the writer's room and being like, <laughs> can Jean-Luc get some tail? Can I would do love that this season? Oh, I would love to make out with somebody who's still in school. Yeah. And so he does that. And then uh, it turns out uh, if he doesn't get in a random bar fight, Guys. he never becomes a captain. So... Guys, I was just hanging out with Jerry Seinfeld, and he gave me a great <laughs> idea for an episode. Gross, <laughs> gross, gross. Um, anyway, so he gets in his bar fight because if he didn't, he would never be, have a future in, in Starfleet. And then it's just another fine lesson taught by Q. He got him again. Nice work, Q. Well, oh, was it Q? That, who, I mean, yeah, was it? I mean, that's, was it? That's it was the you. actor. I mean, I'm, that's but, close enough for me. But was it just, <laughs> maybe it was all just a dream. Maybe been a dream. Yeah. He should have called his friend and been like, did we fuck once? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> that's how that episode should have ended. Do we keep that's, it? That's the only way to really confirm or And then deny. she's like, that's a terrible question. He's like, is it terrible because the answer is yes or because the yeah. answer is no? It's like that scene from Fight Club yeah, exactly. when he's calling Merla. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was doing. Did we Fight make Club love? Reference. Oh, is that what you're calling it now? <laughs> made love? Oh, man. Uh, I also, I mean, well, okay, we'll start there. So, you know, I love a time travel uh, thing. Big fan of time travel. Um, I do kind of hate that the thing about time travel is if you sleep with your friend, you'll never be captain. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like that, like he got, he didn't get stabbed. He didn't make out with this. Like, first of all, I do think, you know, friends, should, like being friends first is a great way to be in a relationship. And right. she seems very nice. And then second of all, like, I don't know that that should ruin his drive. Like the only reason he had drive to be a better captain was because he hadn't gotten to sleep with her. Well, I don't, I think you're misreading the episode there a little Weird. bit. To be when, fair. I've never done that before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you might be, uh, 
for comedic effect. Possibly uh, even for that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he does the he does the episode summaries too. I, I want to yeah. institute a new rule on the show where we can say objection uh yeah. whenever we hear a line that is so off from what yes. it is. Okay, well Just, you didn't do it. first of all, yes, you can always say whatever, but second of all, what's uh what are what objections you have? No, 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 no. That I, was a I, pretty solid summary. I'm, I'm such mm. no no no. I actually think you did a good job this week. Um I, I just <laughs> in Troy's the future I just want That's that to be canon problem. in the show. <laughs> She does seem like a lawyer. They call her counselor. I don't know what else she could be doing there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that part. I forgot about that. Um, and she was helping during the trial. Like, she seems like a lawyer. <laughs> I just... Well, wait, anyway. So, so which episode do we want to talk about first? Because I, I, we can talk... I have a funny thing about the drumhead with uh Well, I think we Troy. have to go back to Best of Both Worlds Part 2 because we ended last time talking mm-hmm. about Best of Both Worlds Part 1. Oh, so yeah, this you're is the right. in conclusion. Um, I have been thinking Anthony like mentioned this last week, but just like how intense the off season was seeing him get borged and then not getting to see any more mm. Star Trek for a long time. I have thought about that a lot. Um, yeah. Although I, I you, you know, he's going to be fine. Well, so but it's, the thing is, you know that now, but in, you know, TV at this point, it was like, maybe they are going to get rid of Picard. No, like, that would have been possible. No, by, in season one, maybe they like recast him or something. Mm. They like got a new captain because his ratings weren't good. By season four, they're not killing Picard. So the same thing when he's like on the table and everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's gonna die!" I was like, "No, he's yeah. not." He's well, Picard. that one he's you clearly can't. not. Um, but I think that like I don't know. They could they could have lost Picard. They, <laughs> yeah, I think like, they could have lost five, That would be very. Yeah, funny. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been like they. The writers were like, "Hey, we've got an idea. Let's let's get rid of the the biggest actor on the show." It would have been that Patrick Stewart would leave the show. Oh, like, sure, like, yeah, showed off a lot anymore. of stuff like that. Or he yeah. was like, you know, he could have, you know, if the X Men movies had come out a few years earlier and he had uh, gotten that yeah. job, you know, like he he would later become quite in demand. Um, but yeah, like I I could have, like I don't ever think that would have happened, especially in retrospect. But it would have, you no, know, it was certainly the type of thing that like. Oh, like having that weight. Uh, thing that I thought was really funny is you don't really see this with TV nowadays because TV is so serialized and they can really kind of change the status quo. Yeah. But I, I, I love in sort of classic TV, especially see this with a lot of Star Trek, a lot of Doctor Who, it's these massive cliffhangers that are just like, yeah. holy shit, what is going to happen? And then it's resolved in the first 30 seconds of the next episode. And then they're like, okay, we have to just reset it real fast. Yeah, yeah. It ends with, you know, fire. And then it just is like, oh, my God, is he going to blow up the Borg ship? What a cliffhanger. And the episode opens with, no, it just bounced off it. It's great. Okay, they're leaving. But I just miss that type of old cliffhanger TV stuff that they just don't do that anymore. It's yeah, true. this was a. Uh, I I actually thought besides that bit of the cliffhanger that was erased, like even knowing like oh they're going to get him back, it's going to be fine. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed this episode. This I think I think this is my favorite one so far. Mm. I love the John Luke Borg costume. Yeah, I love the tiny yes. spinning antenna, the laser pointer, the <laughs> little blender hand. Uh, he's covered in makeup because all robots are have hand makeup. Um, I just I loved semi robotic like steampunk robot bald guy it's great fun yeah. really fun costume yeah and like the the damage and things that happen in these two episodes have such a wide net in terms of like 
Deep Space Nine, the yeah. main character, is like deeply tied to the destruction. Yeah, because like casually, like culture. hundreds of thousands of people died in this episode. Right. Actually, yes. that's a question because I, how do we deal with this? Because a lot of the episodes you've shown me, somewhere between five and a hundred thousand people die, and we never see anybody die. But it's just like they're like, ah, oh, damage report, twenty-five casualties, good people too, and then you just mm. move on. People right. die a lot on these ships. That's fucking. Well, there's like. Life there's like hundreds man. of people on the ship. <laughs> yeah. Like the ship is huge, and there's like a shit ton I was sort of assuming it. the ship was like closer to thirty thousand. Is there a, a canonical amount of people on there? There, I'm sure there is, but I don't yeah. know it. I'm, I'm not that type of nerd, bro. There's <laughs> a uh, an episode I just watched that has people slowly disappearing and they forget. But I think uh, they say at the beginning of the episode that it's like thirteen hundred people. Around that's the actually pretty small. Um. But well, then, I, I was just thinking because, like, so, like, a uh, uh, an aircraft carrier has like, I don't know, ten thousand or something people on it. So this looks bigger. Um, yeah, no, it looks wait, like an not, aircraft yeah. carrier has ten thousand people on it. That's right. Um, that, that doesn't. I, seem... I think it's actually. I think it's higher than ten. I think it should call it a people carrier. Whoa. Twenty and I twenty thousand, but um, let's see, aircraft carrier crew. We'll find out here in just a second. Um. But I am not fast enough at Googling. Uh, it says, eh. I'm reading something that says like 5,000. Yeah, this says 6,000. Well, I'm wrong. Yeah. A lot. But, <laughs> so I, mean, even not... five, I mean, to be honest, 5,000 sounds like a lot. So, like, yeah. it's still, well, still works I told for you me or to, whatever. I told you a bigger number. So, that makes yeah. that's, that's I really... like three of our colleges or so. So That's like quite a bit. <laughs> so many of our colleges. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, uh, yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, there are full families on the Enterprise. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There are, you know, there's a lot of people just doing science that you never really Look, see. Look, I said 10,000, it was 6,000. That's the ballpark. Sorry, I'm still focused on how I was wrong. Yeah, I was, um, <laughs> like, I thought, okay, Alex, I want you to take that energy of focusing on how you were wrong about this and apply it to more things, if you can, <laughs> in the future. <laughs> like, just kind of get hung up on it more often. I mean, I'm right about the mummy movies, but um, wait, this is just a Nimitz class. What's the next class of nuclear, uh, nuclear Double Nimitz. carriers? Mm. Um, it's a crazy number of people, though. And so, yeah, so let's say there's five, you know, several thousand people on the and then they just blew all of them up. So that was like 30,000 people total died during that Borg thing that yeah. you introduced them to as a gag. Mm. Uh, well, that's did Again, was it as a gag or is he actually you? I don't a big... know. In the whole... show I watched, he did. So but, yeah, I mean, in, in I the think... show, Q is like he's like kind of a, a sweetie pie, but he's also kind of like Loki. Like he doesn't want to just yeah. be nice to people, but he does a lot of nice stuff to them. Yeah, like he I clearly mean, likes people. I think you could make the argument that if Q hadn't introduced them to the Borg in the earlier seasons, they would have been even more fucked totally. in these episodes. Right? The fact that. He oh, gave them a sneak peek of the Borg, gave them so many advantages in their first contact, their sort of first big contact with them, right? If they had been completely off guard and surprised by them showing up, they, they all would have been completely fucked from the beginning. There's nothing yeah. they would have done, right? That's right. 100% right. So there is like a, certainly like a like Q has... And like, it, it, you know, like we said, most Q episodes are really fun and silly, and he's just... Not the ones I saw. God. Yeah. Uh, but he does seem to have a genuine sort of care for the Enterprise crew in a way that, like, he wants to 
make sure that they are like humans are proving their worth among the space, you know. Yeah. Races and stuff like that. Well, yeah, he's mm-hmm. a real piece of work in in uh, the Borg thing, but he's um, a real so- piece of work in real life, John Delaney. I've not ever heard very good things about him. Oh, okay, oh, no. um, that's fun. Um, <laughs> what else about Best of Both Worlds? So I did like I I like the Borg. I like that they fly in a cube. I think uh, that's real fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do like that they were like we can't get into the security because our even though we're in a we're a shared brain, we have different access levels to our own brain which i enjoy thinking of as if i was like trying to remember something and my brain was like oh you're not qualified for this memory <laughs> it's my you don't danger. have you don't have access to this function what are you an idiot come on <laughs> yeah. i i do love the the scene in the second episode when Riker is like we want to speak tongues and the borg's like no you don't liar. <laughs> what what terms we're the yeah. borg yeah, what the yeah, fuck right. are you talking about uh, yeah, yeah, I like uh, their negotiating. It was very fun. Uh, I think that stuff's all really great. You get to see um, the saucer and the ship as two separate entities, so which I saw. Cool yeah, this is like happens. the fourth, fifth episode I watched. They do that, and uh, that was really cool. But I'm guessing that if I had been invested in the show, that would have been life changing. If I was four full seasons in no, before I saw that, no, it isn't because they do it in the first episode. Oh, and they it's do actually. Okay. They Never actually mind. at certain points of the show like do it too much, as if you're like really gonna be blown away by it. And uh, I will say that that is one thing that I do not look forward to in TNG episodes is when they're like, yeah, we're going to separate, separate the, the dish section. It's like, <laughs> all right, please don't please don't do the sometimes they do it. And they're clearly trying to, like, um, just kind of fill time in the middle of the episode. Uh, that is thankfully, that is not what it, I mean. Obviously, there's this is like a huge episode. So they have like a lot to do. Um, there's actually something I don't like about this episode, which is that please. I don't I don't really feel like they figure out the end of the like Riker story that they are mm. telling in mm. it because what happens is Riker, you know, Riker sort of has a way to, to fight Picard. Like it's like, they've kind of written a way to, to pit them against each other, which is interesting. Um, and Riker does sort of like outsmart, uh, a robo Picard, which is not the same as regular Picard, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then in the end he turns down a promotion but I'm not like sure why exactly. Like I don't. Well, I'm interested if if you guys feel like I you know. You said I don't that the point it. was that there's no part of the thing of the Gene Roddenberry universe is that no one is ambitious. No, it's not that they're not ambitious. It's that they don't have interpersonal conflict. Yeah, no that, interpersonal conflict. But that, but ambition is definitely and and yeah. and they never really from this point on in the series figure out what to do with Riker. Like mm. like this this plot line that we've explored in this episode. It's kind of done. Like it's kind of just like, yeah, I guess oh, he's Riker's just happy just being a happy great with first his job. Yeah, not well, worried so, about it. I mean, like, so you don't get extra money. He doesn't need a raise. You know, like, yeah. what does he want? He's great at this job. He likes these people. Yeah, yeah and I think you know, moving it, sucks. Well, especially <laughs> what I think is kind of weird about Best of Both Worlds is like, if anything, uh, the there are more positions open than ever now. <laughs> Because Picard, like, yeah, if anything, right. they 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 so at, true. at the beginning of Best of Both Worlds, they needed a new captain. Right. By the end of it, they need a fleet's worth. Yeah, of they captains. need like fifty new captains. Basically. So true. New ship. Yeah. 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 That they would be like. Well, that's true. Well, they destroyed the ship, so they might not need as many captains. Because where yeah. are you going to put them? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it is like like Riker just definitely fits in so well, and the writers can't. 
get rid of him because Riker's main role in the show is to be the guy who goes, "What? What does that mean?" Uh, he's yeah. just the audience surrogate dummy. Uh, so anytime well, someone in like someone I, mentions a sci-fi concept, he's like, "Oh, what a Dyson spear? What's that?" Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that's like his main purpose. Well, and in they the story. all they all ser- sort of serve like practical functions like that uh, when it comes to like um you know just like getting the plot details out there or whatever but i feel like in the earlier seasons like riker feels like he has more of uh because they're they're very attached to that whole like riker is our kirk um an analogous uh aspect to his, his character because he's hot because he's very hot and uh he does actually I mean, he is actually hot. He's canonically hot. Yeah. Um, as far as how people I treat mean, him, especially <laughs> once he gets that beard. Um, yeah, I hate that beard so much. I mean, I like I... him both ways. To be honest, I could take him both ways. To be honest, uh, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> I mean, I think Jonathan Frakes is so a very interesting. I'm kind of glad that we're sort of talking about that. Something I wanted to talk about, which I think we only watched one episode of these eight that was directed by Jonathan Frakes, but yeah. One of the coolest things about Star Trek, I think sort of like a blessing and a curse of Star Trek, is it's is not they like... let their people direct if they really well, want. Well, no, like if you're in like Star Wars, right, you can have like Harrison Ford getting asked questions and he goes like, I don't give a shit, right? You don't really <laughs> get that permission with Star Trek. People want no. you to oh. really be involved. And it's like once you're in, you're like kind of in for life. Uh, and I think that's like hurts a lot of careers. But what's really interesting about Star Trek is it is also, while it might limit your acting careers, the amount of television directors that started as cast on Star Trek somewhere. Oh, interesting. It's super interesting. Like Jonathan Frakes directed a lot of Next Gen and Voyager and Deep Space and a lot of other TV. Laverne Burton directed mm-hmm. a lot. Michael Dorn directed a lot. Um, there's a character on Voyager, the like Klingon lady. She's like one of the most prolific television directors to ever live. She's worked on any show you have watched in the last 10 years. She's directed at least one episode. Well, so Um, what's great about Star Trek, it seems like, is that not only are they as a science fiction concept living in a post-scarcity world, it is a post-scarcity TV show. There's just so many episodes to make they can right. let some people direct and they yeah. can come like they'll they're one of the only show. I think, I think I mentioned this last week. They're one of the only shows that would just like buy a script if you sent it to them and it was good. And like they would just make that if you had a great because they had it was so hard to come up with this many Star Trek ideas. You didn't have to be on staff. You could you, you could just send them not email. You mail them a thick script that you wrote. They were like, here's a fun Star Trek episode. And they were like, right. hey, that's pretty good. And well, then they do it. And this is just post scarcity. They just yeah, we, I, we too we much don't Star make Trek TV. to fill. We don't wanted, make TV like this anymore. Yeah, like I We wanted, don't make TV for syndication, basically. Yeah, I want to... Well, I mean, did you know that Star Trek was made exclusively for syndication? Yes, exactly. It went yeah. right into syndication as if it um, was like a legacy oh, TV show from yeah. the jump. Uh, but <laughs> That's did you, funny. Okay, fun fact. Uh, I was just looking this up. We watched three Jonathan Frakes directed episodes. Yeah. I was about uh, to correct you on that. Yeah, yeah. The Offspring, Cause and Effect, and The Drumhead yeah. were all Jonathan Frakes directed. Um, interesting but it's just like it's so cool to like, the way like the cast not only gets involved and then like Jonathan Frakes directed some of the movies and like you know you just it's crazy the just and it's always so much fun watching these 
and seeing like, oh, hey, look, this is John, this is Jonathan Frakes or Laverne Burton episode or, you know, whatever. It's just neat. Yeah, Yeah. that's really cool. I like it. Um, Can we talk a little bit about Riker sitting down on chairs? What do you mean? Like the way he sits? Yeah, hit hit me with some hot Riker chair takes. (laughs) No, it's just, uh, if you haven't seen it, you can't unsee it. Hold on. Here, I'm just going to. Once you see it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. tell me. Yeah, show me. Yeah, show me how does Riker sit. Uh, all right. And <laughs> it's sort of like he kind of comes up from behind the chair and kind of goes over the top with one leg. Oh, cool. Oh, like this cool... moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. I like when people sit cool. Don't people call this the because there's the Picard maneuver, which is the thing where Picard's oh, straight shirt. When he's straight shirt every the... time he sits down or stands up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's called the Picard maneuver. And I'm pretty oh sure people God. call this the oh, Riker I hate, maneuver. I hate this. Why yeah. is he doing this? Why yeah. it's the coolest it's... way to sit. Are you no. gonna... Okay, he look, does it other if, times in the show too. It's if ridiculous. If the chair is not that tall, it's a cool way to sit. But some of these chairs are too tall, and he basically just throws his junk at you when he sits down. Yeah. Oh my it's god. Not... Wait. Oh, this has a compilation of every time he yeah. does. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm physically nauseous. Oh my god. I can't handle this. Well, you know, you know what it is. It's because he has really big balls, and he doesn't <laughs> want to sit on them. <laughs> You know, it's like, it like this does not seem like the best way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I feel like structurally, you're kind of putting them more at risk, I feel like. I mean, you ever hear there's a yeah, very you, famous... Now you have the chance of them hitting the back as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you don't do that. That's not well, how you do it. Like, no pain, no gain. Know, um, the story of, it was it Mr. Belvedere, the lead actor on that show once? Like, Doug Benson tells a story about being uh, an extra on that show. And uh, one day, the lead sat on his balls so hard, they had to <laughs> shut down filming for a day and a half. Of course, you had a ball uh, story at hand. But it's just like, it's just like, hey, man, TV schedules, you don't want to <laughs> fuck it up. And Reich, Jonathan Frakes is a pro. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to sit on my balls and have to fucking no more shut delays. down production. Into the back of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let, we gotta we gotta keep moving. Uh, let's talk about uh, Drumhead uh, Hunter. You had something a story, perhaps that you wanted to share about. Uh, not really a story. It's just like we were talking about the way all the characters like serve uh, certain functions uh, when it comes to exposition, mm. um, and like uh, it's funny the way they utilize them and not utilize them sometimes. Like if you if you pay attention to Troy, it's really interesting because Troy can like. She's almost psychic, basically, right? I mean, or she can sense, she's an empath. She can like she's the feelings. lawyer. Vaguely and a lot of psychic. times, yes, it it seems like the writers will struggle with like her being around, and will just mysteriously get rid of her if she's not <laughs> gonna work that well with the plot. That's so, funny. like, what's funny about Drumhead is she's in like I think the first scene with her. And we're meeting like the lady or whatever, um, the the Starfleet Admiral, who of course is evil, but yeah. wouldn't Troy find out that she was evil like too early in the episode? So she's just gone. After that first scene, the writers are just like, please don't have Troy around uh, because then it'll be like, oh, what does Troy think? Right. And Troy will be like, yeah, she's evil. And then they would ruin the episode, basically. So it's really funny to watch That's the writers funny. kind of struggle with stuff like that. Well, I, I love that they had to bring in an evil empath uh because oh, like, yeah, well we can't true. have a good legitimate empath here but that fucks up the episode so we had to bring in an bring evil in bad one, one. Um, i love that basically a lot of these episodes are just like arbitrary villains from star command they're like yeah the, they're the corporate overlords are the douchebags a lot of the time yeah, yeah. well there is fun. 
a uh, a trope that uh, Heather and I would always talk about. I don't know if you haven't noticed this, Hunter. Um, but any episode that opens with somebody happy to see somebody on the teleporter, that person will always be bad by the end mm-hmm. of the episode. Oh, like yeah, if they sure. if they show up on a shuttle, if you meet them on a planet or at a base, they're probably going to be fine. But any episode that opens with someone teleporting in and someone being like, oh, it's so great to see you, old friend. They're so always going to be evil by the Is it the teleporter or is it just anytime somebody is happy to see that person, they turn bad. And if they're unhappy to see them, they turn good. The thing is, it's all, it's, it can but be it's all teleporter. It's always the teleporter. You can tell in any episode if someone, they have a scene in the teleporter room, that person will be the bad guy. Interesting. By the end of the episode. I but liked I what about this villain. Go ahead, Hunter. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, I think with the whole teleporter thing, it has to do with like, they only ever get, like, if they get a solid guest star, it's probably to play a baddie. And if it's a solid guest star, then like, do we really want to take him to the, the like shuttlecraft thing? Or can we just mm. have him stand on the thing? And then now they just have their scene. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right. Like, it's, it's just like easier. A, yeah, You don't send them a regular lift. You get them a yeah. lift premium or whatever. Yeah. And they don't want to screw with any of that stuff either. They just want to stand in the scene and then just get to work. You know, I like that. I also liked about this particular villain that she told the story about how when she's a kid, her father would like make her and her brother debate at the table and wouldn't let them get up. Basically, the bean dad of the 24th century. Yeah. Right. The, like, <laughs> I won't let my kids get up from the table until they've finished debating this issue that doesn't affect there, them. There's so at, look, as a parent, there's so many things that are wrong about this. The least of which is that's literally impossible. You cannot ke- keep your kids at the table longer than five minutes. I'm sorry. It just you, it will never happen. Not even in the future. You don't even think yeah. in the future. They no. have you know <laughs> electric restrainer technology in the right, future. Right. Though. Maybe you can just restrain the kids. You know. Well, I thought you were going to say as one of the things that you like listening to your kids debate might be kind of actually annoying. Oh, that, you I mean, don't want to listen to them debate all you, night. Honestly, yeah, they, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like your kids are debating you in all ways for the entire all day. The time, right? Like, <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> um, here's a question that I had from this episode, and I don't remember why I wrote this down. But can Klingons and humans make a babies? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. In, in like fact, Spock is half human and half Klingon. Oh, no, uh, he's Vulcan. Vulcan. Vulcan and half Klingon, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but 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 who who referenced? Uh, uh, so Belana Torres uh, was the uh, um, yeah. She was the half Klingon, uh, half human on Voyager. So right, mm. her, and, her her head ridges are like less intense. Is oh, like how they were minor head ridges. Okay, yeah, the the yeah. head ridges it's are not, minor. It's not like other genetics where it's one or the other. It's like halvesies. I mean, the thing Man, is, though, the- you have to be. You can fuck a Klingon, but. You have to be very careful. Klingon sex. There's like a running gag throughout. Like when people Wait, have this sex. This isn't a joke. You're saying no, a no, real when, thing. Like there's like yeah, a yeah. running gag throughout the series that after people have sex with a Klingon, they usually have like broken ribs and black eyes. And Whoa! Like, like it's a very, very aggressive. Uh, well, I don't sex. like that at all. Um, <laughs> um, of course, okay. not a soy boy little. Right, <laughs> you can't. Right, let's talk about cause you and effect. Let's yeah. talk about the time loop episode. Um, well, I want to go back to uh, Drumhead real fast <laughs> and okay. just say, like... No, uh, I'm the captain. We're moving on. No, but don't you... Aren't you guys glad that, like, nothing like that ever happens anymore? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. that people just buying into... You know, yeah, that was a real, like, other time. Yeah, yeah I'm it, just glad yeah. you never see anything like that. Really... Some of these Star Trek episodes are just not relatable to the modern world. <laughs> and 
Drumhead is one of them. All right. So going on to cause and effect, what I liked about cause and effect was blowing up the ship and killing all of its crew is a strong cold open. Yeah. 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 Even though I know it's not real, it's a strong cold open. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best cold opens of the series. I I mean, it's Uh, real, Alex, if you just stop watching. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You just turn it off if, if you get a little presumptuous. Five minutes into episode eighteen of season That's five, a, it's a power move. It's like yeah, <laughs> one leg's traveling oh, over well, the chair. I'm they're not like, doing shit. it. Well, I'm. I don't. I don't want to see the funeral, so I'm just going to turn it off. <laughs> I, I can't take it. I can't take it. I don't yeah, want to see that. I'm sorry, we laughed over as your line about this being the um, Riker sit. Of oh, thank power you. Oh, thanks for digging it out of the graveyard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a good joke. Um, Man, th- this episode, though, I did say the thing last week that people didn't like about the show being a little bit dumb. But this was the episode where I felt like it was dumb in like a, f- a, a the way I meant it when I said it was as not an insult. Like, yeah. it's dumb in a way yeah. that's fine that everyone's on board with. Like, yeah, this is more like a localized distortion of the space time continuum. Right. Is and- super dumb. Oh, we're losing our antimatter <laughs> containment. Like just their amount of just gibberish that they throw together in random combinations of science gibberish is dumb in a way that right. is very pleasing and fine. Yeah. yeah. And it becomes like comforting at a certain point. Like it yeah. is so delightful and like once you like really start to understand the vocabulary and get into the themes of it and like yeah it is a lot of the show can be pretty dumb and hokey and silly and i think that's always been a part of star trek and that is where it's kind of at its best is when it's like leaning in with that plus strong characters and yeah i mean good like, moral messages as you know? we talk about time travel a lot in mm-hmm. our spare time and We've never been like, what I really want is a better explanation for the science. No, no, you like, just, you, you make it sound like you, it, so it fits the world and you keep it moving, right? Yeah, exactly. Fit the world and go on and do the thing you want to do, which is can they learn from their mistakes? Um, ex- exactly. No, no, I did not want to hear more about the localized distortion field. Just say something that's like, oh, good enough. That's Star Trekky. Yeah. That's fine. I love episodes like this because this is just like your kind of meat and potatoes, like Star mm-hmm. Trek episodes. And I should have picked more episodes like this, to be honest, because this is just a representation of, you know, your average thing. Instead, of, instead we picked all these like kind of ex- exceptions to the rule. Yeah, which uh, makes sense when you're thinking about trying to show like fanciness of it instead yeah. of showing the. Yeah, because otherwise, how do you pick mm-hmm. the meat and potatoes ones? Right. It's yeah. true. I also if I was making a, a playlist and I couldn't do stuff coming out of the wall, I might do one where it's like. Jean-Luc wears different versions of his suit. Like this one had his captain pajamas. Mm. I really like that. Yeah. So I would do more <laughs> kind of weird costume bits. Yeah. This episode is it's also one of those fun things about watching it in this order is that this is, I believe, the only episode we watch that has Roe in it, right? Like oh, she's yeah. A Ensign major Roe. Ensign Roe. She's a major character played by a great, great. actress. Um, but like this episode, she's just kind of on the bridge. So, because Alex, you don't have any more frame of reference. It is yeah. funny that Wait, you she, just... this is the lady who spills the pink drink. No, no, that's that's um that's the doctor. That's okay. nope, uh, no idea no. who you're talking about. Yeah, no. Oh, Doctor Crusher. I know Doctor Crusher. Doctor Crusher. Crusher. Every... She crushes. Yeah. yeah. Doctor Crusher is in almost every episode, all of the shows except for season two because oh okay. Gene Roddenberry disliked her, so he fired her, and oh. then once Gene kind of lost control of the show, they said we're going to bring her back. Uh, oh, yeah. She got okay. rehired. Um, uh, so who is Roe then? Roe is a, she was like the one piloting the ship. She's a Bajoran. So she has like the nose ridges and the earrings. 
Oh, uh, yeah. She's played by an actress who's in, like, Battlestar Galactica and a bunch of other great stuff. Um, well, I did not know. Yeah. Ro was planned to be a main character on DS9, but uh, the actress turned it down, so that's why Kieran Reese was uh, created. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, Ro is a great... Um, you know, she kind of gets into, like, way of the sort of... She she leaves stuff. Oh leaves yeah, yeah. This is, I because we know we know her. We know what uh, she's in stuff. I've yeah, seen her in stuff. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She's great. Uh, but yeah, yeah, she got us out uh, one of her bo- first big roles as you know Ensign Rowe on Next Gen, and she's cool. like in a lot of the sort this part of the season. And then Michelle Forbes to, is her name to join a terrorist organization, which is pretty sweet. Um, oh yeah, a radical leftist uh, freedom organization. Um, but it's okay. it's uh it's pretty pretty great character. Well, but yeah, she's only only gonna pop up just to be like, I can't turn, Captain. You know, that's all she does <laughs> in this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, oh, I had a poker question for you guys. Yeah. So they're obviously bad poker. It makes no sense. Um, but I thought maybe the reason is because they don't use money. So the idea of a game where you're gambling stored value wouldn't make a lot of sense to them anyway. Right. They wouldn't really be able to feel the value of those things. So like you can't actually bluff people if they don't give a shit about winning or losing. This is the thing I learned playing poker with Ezra in college, in fact, is that you can really ruin poker if you aggressively do not care about That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for those games. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if the chips mean nothing to you, then it's like very different game. Yeah, I'm kind of like Q without the powers, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like a, a trickster mortal. Yeah, yeah, just just like you, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> all right, really quick, let's move on to Tapestry and wrap this up because uh, we have a couple of other things we want to do. Um, so, oh yeah, this is the, uh, this is the uh, um, Ghost of Christmas Past episode. Um yeah. I already talked about Space Pool, and I don't like him hanging out with child. That's pretty clear. I don't like... Oh. Um, yeah, so explain to me why I'm wrong about Q. Like, what... Like, every time I say something about Q, you're like, are you sure? And I'm not sure. So, like, is he not God? Is he not a Well, dream? no, I was just saying, with this episode, it was... They specifically at the end say, like, was that an actual a Q experience, or was that just a dream? I had on the table, right? Well, if that was just a dream he had, then what a stupid, boring episode. <laughs> but what's the difference? I, like that's yeah. I mean, it could be a dream. It could not be a dream. Uh, it's, yeah. it's okay. It's a if story it's, about no, what, okay. whether no, your if somebody shape comes up and tells what? you a story, and you're you're like, is this a dream or did this really happen to you? And then you say, I don't care. It's the same either way. That would be weird. One no, of them they, happened. The other one if, you made up while you were sleeping. If they came up to you and told a story and then said, oh, at the end of it, I realized all these very profound things about myself. You go, oh, that's the point of the story. Well, but I, I hate say, the, things that he re- the things that he realized was that if he didn't get stabbed, he wouldn't be good at driving spaceships. And that is stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. The, like, I think there's more interest. Like, and also, like, I, 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 love, I love time travel and I'm bored when the answer is like, Oh, if you mess with anything, it ruins everything. Because part of the fun is messing with stuff. You right. can't just be like, "Oh, you touch anything, and you're going to hate your life." But don't you kind of do you not? Did you not enjoy this? I guess maybe it's maybe it's harder to enjoy those uh, scenes where he, you know, goes to the future and he's just like some like shitty scientist, regular scientist ass dude, 
and he like goes to like talk to Riker about like his future and stuff. Like I love that scene. That's yeah, like I think that's well, like, no, so me, interesting. Almost. Except that okay, so either so he's an old man with his own memories in that body, mm-hmm. but that's not what he would actually be in that part. So if actually, Wait, what do you mean? Like, no, he he would be. That was the whole point. Is like he's going back to his future. But he should remember the whole his whole life up until then. Like, he should remember the part up to that, so it shouldn't be a surprise to him because he should also have the memory. He only has old <laughs> Picard memories and not yeah, this new right. Picard memories. So he should be like, "Oh, I was really happy and good at this job." And uh-huh. if that's so, then you shouldn't be really disappointed. You're not a captain. Maybe yeah, right. he would be. Whole, actually, there's like a whole family for him. Like, a, a, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. I've got <laughs> kids. Oh, wait, really, like, wait, wait, wait. Let me get yeah. this straight. So you're like kind of proposing. Like an episode that has the opposite meaning from what the episode was about. Like you're proposing an episode where Picard changes this one thing about his past and then he goes to his new future and is like, you know what? I'm satisfied with my life like this. Like, yeah, that's my like the point opposite is like, episode. I feel like he didn't learn anything from the episode except for like the very trite, like, oh, everything you are made you who you are today. Don't, no regrets about anything. And like, yes, you well, sh- this is you kind should... of similar. This is kind of similar to the measure of a man thing where, yes, if you, yes, it is trite. Correct. You have successfully identified a Star Trek episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, the, that, that is, it's the same thing as like last week I was saying like, oh, it's like Sesame Street. It's like right. if you were calling a Sesame Street episode trite. Like, yeah. Which does, is... which let's be honest, does kind of sound like me. Yeah. yeah, it does sound like you. If we <laughs> if we did review Sesame Street, you would be like, "Listen, like I don't understand." This I know like, what comes did. after seven. God damn it! <laughs> Patronizing fucking piece of shit. It does sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I just, I just think there's so many m- more interesting things to learn from thinking about your own past. And I just think it's like a boring answer. That's like, if you weren't a bad kid, you wouldn't be a good adult. Like, but you, cause it doesn't count. Cause you didn't make that decision as a kid. You made that decision as an adult. So your kid brain would have still been the same. You just wouldn't have a knife through your heart. <laughs> I like, like it. Well, even keep track of what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, what I, let's talk about. <laughs> actual good stuff about the episode. I what I think is really cool about this and you're something again that you're going to miss by um only sort of watching it like this. Well, one of the really cool things about Star Trek, especially this type of TV when they have to just pump out so much content year after year and you don't really have like a grand plan is the way you can like comb through old episodes to find like one-off lines and things like that and build whole stories around them. Like right. the whole him having a fake hurt and getting stabbed and laughing was like a monologue four seasons ago or three, four oh, seasons ago. Yeah. But it's just like a conversation he has in the shuttle bay when they're like, how'd you get that artificial hurt? He was like, oh, I got stabbed by a Nausicaan. Were you horrified? No, I actually remember laughing, right? And like, that's it. And then, like, an old writer, Ronald D. Moore, who wrote this episode, must have just been, like, re-looking through old facts and, like, stuff like that. I was like, oh, there's a whole story there, right? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, every time they say something, they put a little pin in it. It's like, this might be a story later. Yeah, and, like, that's... I kind of wish newer shows paid as much attention to their older episodes as, like, Star Trek The Next Generation does. Like, Well, you have to be kind of desperate for stories. It helps. I don't know if it's about desperation so much as it's more and and I will don't worry Alex I will turn this into a negative. I think it more has to do with <laughs> the the Star Trek audience being a little too interested oh, in yeah, the details, yeah. Yeah, sure. right? Yeah. 
So they're going to nitpick if things are forgotten. They're going to be like, I thought you had an artificial heart from getting stabbed by a Nausicaan. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So they can't yeah. just like change it, you know, just because it's been, you know, three or four seasons. They have to go back and actually do uh, the homework. But it makes everything feel, even though the show uh, is not serialized and it is like a, you know, kind of monster of the week, just like here's this thing that happens and everything resets to normal again type show. Actually, it does make it feel like if you're paying attention, there is this beautiful continuity that starts right from the first episode and goes all the way uh, to the very end, basically. Yeah. And then you also do get, like, stuff like... So later on uh, in Next Gen, they introduce a race called the Trill, which are, like, these aliens that have all these weird prosthetics. And then when they get to Deep Space Nine, they realize, we don't want to do these fucking prosthetics every week. Let's just give the Trills dots. So they just completely change what the entire race looks like <laughs> yeah, between right. these two shows that take place uh, within the same, you know, continuity. So, like, they even even they, you know, roll with the punches and have to change stuff on the fly. Um, I did like but, the Nausicaans pros- uh, prosthetics where they were kind of like they had like like canvas bags for faces. Dude, yeah. 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 And then and I like one tooth going each direction. They got four teeth, one up, one down, one left, one right. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the- and, them having universal translators, but still, for some reason, they speak in broken English. Uh, <laughs> it's like a very weird idea. Like, why? Wait, why do they sound like well, that? Well, this is why I was wondering about whether you could have kids with these other species, is because basically every species is like human body, human arms, human legs, human torso, slightly different head. And so if you're just like okay looking at that person while you're doing it, it looks like you could make a baby. Yeah, and I, I mean, know, I think that's the intent. Yeah, the main like, obstacle yeah. to procreate. Everybody has matching genitals in every mm. place in the galaxy. The only thing that might be different is the face you look at while you're getting it. And yeah. some of the process. I love when they have to come up with like, um, like in D- uh, Deep Space Nine, there's a pregnancy that a Bajoran goes through, and it's like it's exactly like humans, but it takes five months and instead of nine, and there's a ritual uh, <laughs> instead of a birthing process. Like they just have to come up with. Stuff that is like recognizable and familiar, but just slightly alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the way everything is because it's space. Everything's just a little bit. My favorite space thing in these four episodes was in um, Cause and Effect, where she has like, she brings like rose to bed or whatever. But then on her nightstand, she puts her rose cup down and she has a bowl of blue liquid. And then she puts her book on top of that. So there's some sort of blue liquid book holder. It absorbs like knowledge, a, maybe? Just sucks, what? Sucks, it sucks, sucks up all that good knowledge. Oh, maybe yeah. that's what it is. It's, it's a humidity yeah. thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, you gotta keep the books humid in space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, that's just like arbitrarily space weird, and I like that a lot. <laughs> you don't put your book on top of blue liquid, Alex? I haven't. No, no, I don't have maybe the blue liquid anymore. Well, I would, you know, I would just knock it over. I'd be like going to grab the book in the middle of the night, spill uh, blue when you liquid do that, on myself. All the, there's all these whispers of your past selves. That's pretty good, too. <laughs> You shouldn't have done that with your book. You shouldn't have done that. It's a weird place to put a book. All hands That's not like a past self, though. That would be like you currently. Oh. Um, I'm going to put my book here. Nothing will go wrong. It. Just it's... nitpicking your bit. Um, <laughs> you definitely made the bit better. Well, <laughs> we have to wrap this bit up because we have a dumber bit coming up. And we have some slightly, uh, uh, slightly serious, not serious, slightly irritated at us, perhaps, uh, listener mail that we have to cover. Oh. So oh, that's both great. of those coming at up. us or at you? At me. Oh, okay. okay. That's fine. Let's go for it. 
Which I, I meant to say, by the way, uh, my wife is like, I told her what you said about data. She's very upset with you, Alex. She's going to uh, let you hear. I think he's, he's basically a Roomba. Yeah. I just think there's, we'll talk more about that because that's going to come up. It's related. Oh. Um, before we do that, though, it's time for the argument. So today's argument is a four way free for all. And you can choose any of the following sides Star Trek versus Star Wars versus Starburst versus Stargate versus Starburns versus Starbuck versus Starbucks. So you could choose the character from the whale book or you could choose the coffee company. Um, what is the best of these things? Ezra, I feel like you should start us out today. Oh, of wow. those things, which is the best and why? Uh, it's got to be Starbucks. I feel like I wouldn't have actually survived for many of the last years without like consistent like streams of, of caffeine and also like the hot Just chocolate. cake pops for your kids? Yeah, well, no, I don't do cake pops because that's a ripoff. Oh. Uh, but the kids' hot chocolate is <laughs> actually a really good deal. Uh, so you can like, uh, it's like for, I think, two bucks, you can do a uh-huh. kid's hot chocolate. And like, that's like, that's pretty nice. Like, it's, it's tough to get like a, a customized drink for $2 for a child. Uh, and, you know, they, they don't have to fight over it. It's a, it's a good time. They, and they, they love a little cho- hot chocolate? Yeah. You can also oh, do it. And it's kids temp as, uh, as well. Yeah, kids temp, and you can also do um, kids temp, kid size, and you can swap in your different. Uh, you could do like, like maybe I want like a black and white hot chocolate. Maybe I want like a, with a raspberry syrup. That's all like all two bucks. Oh. So, that's oh my, fun! That's my pitch. Okay, best of the that's stars. Pretty solid. None of us have none of the rest of us have kids, so it's going to be kind of difficult. Um, Hunter, what do you pick out of this list, or something that I haven't thought of to put on here? Uh, I, you know what? I'm just going to be boring and pick uh, and pick Star Trek. So tell me uh, why Star Trek is better than getting a kid's hot chocolate at Starbucks. Uh, well, it it means it means more to me, I think, than hot chocolate does. Okay, okay. Um, it's actually you kind of phrased it like, "Oh, this will be impossible," but uh, I've spent my whole life with Star Trek, and uh-huh. I've probably had, and that's hours and hours. That's like hundreds of hours yeah. of my life, and uh, like it a lot. Uh, hot chocolate. I've had it handful of times. Mm-hmm. Tasty beverage. No Star Trek though. Wow. Okay, so when bold, you bold words. yeah, so to a- answer Ezra's other points though, um, how much of a good deal is Star Trek? Uh, well, it is on Netflix and everywhere else where it's available, which is actually many places. Right, because uh, it was made for syndication, so it's around. Yes, uh, it's hundreds of hours of uh-huh. good to bad content. However, it's all good if you're in the fam. Uh, so <laughs> if you're in the fam, it's hundreds of good content. Uh-huh. Whereas like how long does it take to drink, you know, a hot chocolate? Oh, not basically? long. Yeah, and absolutely. does it teach you anything? Yeah. I mean, I know we've we've covered it's trite. Okay? okay, okay. We've covered that. But it teaches uh, you something. It teaches you something, even if that lesson is uh, obvious or, you know, maybe a little ham-fisted. I mm-hmm. actually, we, we didn't really get to talk enough about how much, I, I actually appreciate the ham-fistedness of Star Trek. Like, I like it that there is a show that's just kind of like, anyways, here's just like a good thought expressed in the dumbest, most obvious way we could come up with. It's like, it's charming. I do think a lot of people agree with that. That's a, people's feeling on it as well. Yeah. Um, I would just like to express just, I've probably said this before, but just every time it happens, I want to bring it up. My, I just think ham fisted is my favorite metaphor in the oh, world. Yeah. I just yeah. picturing someone with hams made of hams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait. Trying to like, I assume type. I assume they're trying to like type a coherent script and they're like, but I got ham hands. I, I really wait, like it. I thought they were like, maybe have like a bunch of like, maybe a, a you know, half pound or so of like thinly shaved, like, uh, like deli ham just like clenched in their fists. 
Oh. And they're waving in your face. Holding it like if you like you just like got the the you just got the newspaper and you gotta tell everybody what's in the final <laughs> edition. But it's like ham right here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. How do you guys picture ham fisted? <laughs> Um, I imagine someone, uh, it's actually, this is maybe incorrect, but I imagine someone ho- incorrect, like there is a canonical <laughs> hamfisted. I'm well, such an idiot. You know, sometimes like the these are like, heard. oh, well, this comes from a 17th century practice. You're right. You're right. There could have been an origin for hamfisted. Um, I imagine someone up. holding a cartoony ham with the bone sticking out. Yeah. And they're holding the bone end like up right. at somebody. But since the point of this, the saying is that you're like being a little bit on the nose, Right, you're being a little obvious usually, or or uncoordinated. I get sorry, they're just swinging the ham wildly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like someone's looking down at the person with the ham, and they're like trying to smack them in the face with it. Oh yeah, I like yeah. that. I, I I just see like um like someone with very very big hands trying to work on something very very small. Right, right? So it's, that's it's what not, it's actually like. It's not literally ham. They just have no, hands just, like ham, and they are like trying to do to, needlepoint. Yeah, exactly. But like trying to like yeah, build a ship in a bottle miniature with I love it. giant hands hands, you know. Okay, so uh, but Anthony, what's your favorite s- thing on the star list? Well, I'm gonna go with Starbuck. Not okay. Starbucks. The character. Starbuck from the remake of Battlestar Galactica because yeah. she's oh, played okay. by not the original played, Starbuck. No. Uh the remake played by Katie Sackoff. Because she's from Portland, Oregon, and I Ooh. gotta have big rep, big respect. Big reps for Portland, so I love that. But so let me ask you: Does she teach you a valuable lesson if it's if hand fisted? Yeah, lesson? I mean, I think if not, I mean, she's in Star Wars and Battlestar, probably in Star Trek somewhere. So okay. I think Katie Sackoff has definitely taught me a lesson at some point. At some point, yeah. But you can't say for sure. That she has. You don't have a strong... Well, I mean, she definitely taught me there's got to be some way out of here. Which is about okay. a Galactica <laughs> reference. That's important. Yeah, yeah, that's um, good. Um, okay, um, and let's see what else. Um, is she available on multiple streaming platforms? For sure. For sure, okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. That's solid. Um, is she a good deal? Yeah, I think so. Okay, great. She showed up in fucking... Uh, Star Wars Mandalorian, it was great in it. So yeah, that was, that right, yeah. Yeah. that's true. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on how she would be with children? I think she'd probably be a delight. Okay. 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 Um, do you think that she is kids temp or do you think she's a little too hot? I definitely think she's a little too hot. Okay. But in a good way, I can tell in from the way you said way, it. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, what else did he say about Star Trek that he really liked? Um, Teaches you a lesson. I think we did that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I did ask that. Um, <laughs> okay. What? Um, what else about her? So she was. You like that she was versatile, Anthony? Sure. What else do you like what, about? Where her? are we going with this? I've already said everything. Why are we doing this again? Yeah, Alex, can you do so, yours now? Are, are you hear like, your writing these down? Are you making no, an essay? Just, what the fuck is happening? What I need is I need each of you to refute the other one's points and then say something new that then I have to respond to. Like that's the game. Is each person has to. Oh. So. Hunter responded to the things about Starbucks, but then he also added new things like taught you a lesson. So you responded to taught you a lesson, but then to add new values that I can respond. Yeah, what 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 can only Starbucks do? Right. She was in all of the major sci-fi shows. I just so, I think she, so she's she, yeah, so she, she can blend in any jack of all trades. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. I mean omnipresent. Yeah. Okay. Uh I guess that leaves that I have to go with starburst i think i have to go with starburst i was That's tempted to go pick. starburns but 
I don't really like Starburns. So Starburst. Uh, so can you jack of all trades, right? I think that is that's an easy win for a lot Starburst. Of different flavors. Yeah, yeah, they're available in tropical flavors. You can like microwave Starburst to like get it really hot. I, right. So what? you could get it kids temp or you could get it a little too hot. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, There's an edible company here in Portland that all they do is they buy Starburst and then infuse them with weed and then shove weed sell in them. It? <laughs> yeah, this is actually what they do. They literally just use Starburst. Um, that's very funny. But, and also, anything. so we were saying you wanted a little Portland connection. There it is. Portland it, connection wow, helps. Nice. Just like and, yours. And you just delivered him a you, point, bro. bro. Yeah, you guys have all been helping me a lot on this. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't know we were actually playing a game. I I've been looking at something else this whole time. I've been I'm trying to. Well, so here's what else I would say about Starburst that I like is it is part of the Eminem Mars family. Um, oh, that's space. Mars. So it's got Mars, which is space themed, right? Yeah, it's definitely um, part of it. And originally, apparently, the name of Starburst was because they were trying to draw attention in the late '60s when it first launched. It launched in 67 as part of the space race. So they wanted Whoa. to capitalize it. So it is a science fiction related, wow. star related thing, the Starburst. A um, uh, lot of different flavors. I mentioned that. Uh, apparently in the UK, you can get it in black currant flavor, which is cool, mm. as well as oh. a lemon lime, um, a mango melon, and a uh, yeah, a cherry kiwi. Those are fun. I like a tropical bit to this. Also, Here's Alex. what I like about Starburst, though. My favorite thing about Starburst is that it is a it's an it's enough for everybody, but it's individually wrapped, so you can give them out separately. You That's could also, pretty cool. You could have them unwrapped, also, Alex, in case you want to make it easier to stream into your mouth. Whoa! What do you? Wait, I don't. What you, you can buy unwrapped Starburst. You yeah. can. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get out of here. No, yeah. it's, this no they is come real. in little resealable bags. Oh, fun! Um, so you can just pour them into your straight into your mouth and waste yeah, less yeah. paper. I like that. Yeah. Streaming, all right. right. I see multiple streaming services. Streaming is what you were yeah. saying. Thank yeah. you, as you guys that did a great good. job of helping me up on this You're one. You're welcome. Um, so, Anthony. Oh no! I just go ahead. I was going to say. So that that's our arguments. Those are our four arguments, and it's up to the audience at home mm-hmm. who won. Which is the top thing? Is it mm-hmm. Starbucks, Star Trek, uh, Starbucks? The character. Wait, so the- the audience votes on this now? I yeah. thought there was like yeah. a judge. Is well, that not... Yeah, but I thought it'd be more fun if we all argued, so there's no judge. It's kind of a free-for-all. Everybody wins, so... Yeah, or, or we um, can wait till Q shows up. Either yeah. way. <laughs> well, we, I, we just held a tribunal, and in the end, we just kind of give up and leave. That's how it goes. I, I want to, uh, before we uh, start to sort of really wrap it up and get to the yeah. view, uh, listener mail, I want to, uh, if we can go around uh, and sort of do something for Alex, I thought, okay, we hit, we... You know, we worked on this, and Hunter put together this great list of eight really good Star Trek episodes that I think are good for anyone to watch. Uh, but what I think we should do now is maybe kind of do the opposite. And if we can go around and say one episode you definitely should never watch. Oh, okay. Um, just okay. what basically what we think are the worst episodes. Yeah, I'm I was that. gonna do this by uh, making like a true two truths and a lie and giving two <laughs> real episode summaries. But we're already eighty minutes one. in. So. Yeah, but I'm so I'm just gonna go and just whatever you do, never watch the episode Sub Rosa. It's in the <laughs> fifth season, I believe, near the end of the fifth season. Yeah. Um, let me just give you the short summary, Doctor yeah, Crusher. Character, you know, redhead doctor. Yeah. Uh, her grandmother dies. 
So she goes to her grandmother's home, which is like this weird Scottish town in space. Uh, like the Scottish people decided to make a new space Scotland. Okay. Uh, and she gets told, whatever you do, you inherited your grandma's house. Uh, never light this candle that's in her room. And she's like, sure. oh, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. She lights this candle. <laughs> and a ghost shows up. Uh-huh. And she starts fucking this ghost. And what? it turns out yeah, every dude. woman in her family for hundreds of years has been has, fucking has the, the candle same ghost? candle ghost that is just getting passed down what? from one family member to another. And it turns out not to be a ghost. It's really an alien trapped in the candle or something like that. Uh, one of those candle but, aliens. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just it's just like this weird Harley Quinn romance novel. Uh but involves her fucking this ghost that also fucked her grandmother and her grandmother's grandmother and her grandmother. Like, that's so weird. It's what such I love a weird the, episode. You were saying that some episodes are inspired by like, we're going to go like, there's this obscure line from an earlier season. We'll make a whole episode. This episode was, was inspired by the joke where the guy goes to the farm and hit the and wants to stay in his barn. And the guy's like, don't put your willy in that hole. <laughs> uh, it's like that, but with a lady and a candle. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, they took that episode and were like, "But what if this woman was told not to have sex with a candle, and then she did?" Yeah, it is <laughs> very bad. That yeah. sounds awesome. I loved this episode. I yeah, might it's watch a legendary bad episode. Okay, uh, Hunter, do you have a legendary bad episode to tell me not to watch? I'm going to pick one that I've been thinking about a little bit because this is a bad episode. That's that's I would say hilariously bad, but also I um, I'm going to include it on my on my Hunter's cut of Star Trek: oh, The Next okay, Generation. Okay. Um, it's actually the third episode of the show. It's called The Naked Now. Um, it is, uh, it's pretty horrible. Uh, mm -hmm. the plot is that, uh, the Enterprise, uh, runs into this, uh, ship, uh, this random, I forget what it's called. I think it's, it has like an interesting name. It's like a Russian name. Um, and then, uh, everyone on the ship gets like drunk basically, um, because of this thing that gets like beamed over to the ship. Um, it's making everyone drunk and, um, it's weird because it tends to, the women tend to get pretty uh feisty mm. in uh in a and this is only the third episode of the show um and Wait, this already 1.3 yeah this is 1.3 and they get uh, hit with a horny laser yeah so right away we're just getting to know these characters and they're already getting drunk and doing things like out of context um there's a very infamous part where data has sex with, with somebody awesome with who so that's pretty interesting um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a horrible episode, uh, and it's, a uh, it's one of the more, uh, it's one of the more sexist moments of the show, like, the way, like, all the women are getting very feisty, but the men really aren't, you know? It's like the men can handle it, and the women are just like, ooh la la, like, I, you know, it's like, it's very, like, 60s Star Trek in its, uh, sexism and shittiness. Um, there's, like, one really, uh, funny like drunk guy in engineering that's pretty worth it uh data having sex is pretty ridiculous but yeah overall it's uh it's a ridiculous uh kind of shitty have read episode. every book on human sexual intercourse i will have it now 
wait, what are those? That's like, that's what he would say. Cause he, yeah, yeah. He's read every yeah. book, but he's learned nothing. I think the line is like, she asked him if he's like fully functional, I think is what she says. Ooh. And then he like, is like, yes, I am fully functional. <laughs> gross. Gross. Cause we did see canonically, he could gross. just like take off his foot. So he could also yeah. just take himself off and let her use it. Yeah, I'll be in the room now. All right, as I don't want to talk about this. Do you have any one more bad one? I mean, I'll, I'll just harp on it from last time as well. But my, the the Riker uh, scrambled egg uh, uh, episode of Time Squared, which because it's another time travel one, which I, I always liked that. And it just felt like it kind of wasted a premise by looking at basically like. Uh, oh, right, right, right. We talked not... about the sexism of that one. Well, yeah, the yeah. sexism of the eggs, bad. And then it was completely unrelated. Don't even need it for the plot. And then we just have like basically looking at a we we get a bonus uh Captain Picard kind of just show up and we're just waiting for him to be able to talk. That's like most of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so we do have a couple of quick emails I want to do, hmm. and then we're gonna get out of here because this our episode's already running long. Here's our third sting. Okay, so we got a great Twitter thread from Dr. Bridget. And I'm going to give you some highlights of it. This is mostly um, in response to my concerns last week about uh, about um, them having an argument about whether or not a robot is a person, but acting like no one had ever discussed this in history. Um, so I'm picking up kind of in the middle of the thread because this is, I think, just giving you the highlights. So uh, take a step all the way back to 88 and say to say that an android could be a person to a primetime popular audience was spectacularly unusual. I do acknowledge that philosophy has been arguing it for a long time. Diogenes, anyway, uh, Diogenes <laughs> would come hit. Sorry, I'm trying to read. I didn't I had a read philosophy all this. degree. Diogenes would come hit know. me with a chicken. Right, right, right. Philosophy, but not the pronunciation part. <laughs> I didn't say them out loud. Anyway, fucking whatever. You get it. Um, but the big difference between access to information, there was a big difference between access to information now and back then. While the arguments were written and may have been available, they probably weren't in many libraries outside of universities or large cities. Access and awareness aren't the same thing. So could the writers have done more legwork? Yeah. But I think they did a better job for the time period in which they were working. Uh, it seems simplistic now because they, we've come further in our lifetimes than we realize. I hope the same could be said of the good place in 2050. So this argument, the, so th this is lazy philosophy, philosophy, but pretty good for primetime TV. Um, I guess my, the, which is a totally good point. My only real issue with this is that it's not that just the writers not explaining all of this or not doing the legwork. It's that in the trial in 2400, where they have humanoid robots they don't. None of know. them had never thought of this before. That's the thing. You they don't have. They have. He's a lived on this ship for a while, and no one ever said, "Wow, there's some interesting implications to this." Yeah, but he's the. Regardless, it doesn't matter because yeah. that's not the point of science fiction, anyways, bro. Yeah. Like you this, this, this is. It's just like we were talking about last week, where like the problem where uh, something said in 2400, but all of their references are to 80s music. Yes, it's just like lazy writing that nothing happened in between. And I, so I think it's just lazy to not have said like, look, obviously this was settled in this treaty of 2039, but on this ship we have different qualifications. And I say he like there's no acknowledgement at all in the episode that any human at any time has ever wondered about this before and i that's what feels lazy to me that feels like easily fixable and something that's uh, like again, i think you're kind of misreading the episode but i think doesn't that, sound like me yeah i think you're going to i think you're going to get another angry twitter thread at you that will probably <laughs> break it down way better than i could 
Yeah, actually, sure. can people do more angry Twitter threads? Can I just kind of yeah. like uh, like throw that out there? In I general, mean, it gets, or at me in particular? At you, because yeah, the yeah, internet's got you. a lot of those. I, I feel do... like I never get to do like sometimes I want to do an angry Twitter thread in the show, and <laughs> yes. I feel like I'm like, well, we don't. Know, I don't want to spend more time on this yeah. point, you know, and like we just move forward. But like, I I really appreciate uh, Dr. Bridget uh, for taking the time to say all these things, which are things that I wanted to say. You know what I mean? But yeah. And well, I, mean, yeah. I think we did say some of that. It's you just, did say some of it, yeah, yeah. I just love the thing with Alex. Where he's like, let me show you this insightful thing someone sh- gave to me, and then let me double down on the same bullshit that got me this insightful <laughs> thing in the first right, place. I don't have time to it's do it again. Just, All right, so moving along, beautiful. you can see the whole Twitter thread from Dr. Bridget. We beautiful. It's on our Twitter. Thanks, Dr. Bridget. Also, another, an email we got from Brian. Uh, Brian says it's about Twin Peaks. Uh, Anthony's mention of his first experience with the international movie version of Twin, Spe- Twin Peaks reminds me that this is also my discovery of it. I was working in a small city in Australia for a year, starting in, in 1990. While looking for a VHS in a local video store, one day I ran across this David Lynch film that I'd never heard of before. I took it home, and with my flatmate, another Lynch fan, we watched it with delight and much confusion. So many loose ends, and the final few minutes... Laura at the airport, the Red Room, did nothing to wrap things up. Uh, I had left the States a few weeks before the series started, and this was basically before the internet, so I had absolutely no idea that David Lynch had created a TV show and that what we'd watched was a movie made basically from the first two episodes for the international market. It was only a few weeks later that an article appeared in the Australian Rolling Stone that cleared up the mystery of the weirdly placed Twin Peaks movie. This actually kind of ties into the last email about just information availability. What a fun time, like what a silly time where you couldn't look anything up. So you'd just be like, wait, why does this movie suck? Why is this movie weird? And now it's like a very answerable question. But at the time you'd be like, we got to wait until Rolling Stone cares. Yeah, and then I have to <laughs> randomly come across this random stone, o- yeah. Rolling Stone article. And see totally. It. It's, it's just insane. How... Otherwise, I'll just be confused by this forever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, like. I'm not one of those people who thinks that was a better time when people were confused all the time. I just think it's funny. No, yeah, it's it definitely is the type of thing that you talk about Star Trek and sort of the 24th century and how science fiction-y the world is. But just thinking back from the world that this show and like Twin Peaks aired in to the world we live in now, we're basically living in a completely different science fiction universe. Than yes. What was there? Like, that's pretty amazing to think about, which is something we didn't really kind of get into, but like all the stuff that Star Trek is, you know, like tablets and ebooks and all these things that Star Trek predicted, they kind of got it wrong. Like, I love that in Star Trek. People are like, they don't have a tablet with a bunch of ebooks. They have a right. shit ton of tablets, each with one ebook on it. Yeah. It's like, okay, you kind of got that wrong. You, but, we, made, right. we made books heavier and more breakable. Yeah, yeah I mean, by the same number of books. It just goes to show like how much that part of it isn't very important though to the writers. Like there's a there's a there's a funny scene in an episode I was just watching where um this guy from our time uh is in the Star Trek universe. They like find him like frozen and he's asking if he can watch television. And Riker's like, "Yeah, we don't do that anymore." But he doesn't have like, there's no, this guy's asking, like, he's in a room just being like, can I be entertained by anything? And Riker's like, yeah, we don't have TV. And then he doesn't suggest, like, an alternative, like, because they don't have one. Like, yeah, they have the holodeck. It's suite. unclear. Yeah, besides yeah. the holodeck, which is like kind of a lot. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big, that's like a little bit too much of a commitment. Um, 
besides the holodeck, they have books and they're just like old, regular ass books. And as far as I can tell, that's it. They don't even really have music. Like, like data will like play music, but it's not like anybody just like sits and like listens to music. Yeah, people and, listen uh, to a lot of Klingon opera, but no one's oh, like true, listening yeah. to regular music. It's very <laughs> odd. There's Wait, lots of Klingon opera. Is the holodeck opera. in Next Generation? Yeah. Yeah. How did you give me a series that never mentions the holodeck once? Uh, well, I mean, I could have given you a holodeck episode, but they're generally pretty goofy. Yeah, um, seems like maybe. I mean, it, it maybe it would have been better if I if I'd gone the holodeck. Uh, I love holodeck episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a great. Don't. There's so many great like when they get trapped in the holodeck or like there's this great sort of series. And then they just remember episodes. all the different times they've had that season. Uh, well, there's like <laughs> there's an episode when they're doing a Sherlock Holmes uh thing and Moriarty becomes self-aware and realizes that he's in the holodeck and oh, tries man. to escape. It's like really fun. Yeah, um, everybody loves that one. That's that's yeah. a that's a great one. All right, our last thing, and then we got to go. Uh, this is from Seth. Urgent. Actually, this would be great for you guys because you were here for the first half of this, but not the middle. So okay. uh, this would be a little confusing, but maybe re- relevant. Anyway, urgent. Iron brew is not like orange soda. It is soda. It is orange. But it tastes like artificial bubblegum flavor. Great. Is this not upsetting to you guys? It's orange, but tastes like bubblegum. Like, I don't I, I think I would die. I think my brain can't handle it. I don't that. like it that it's orange in the first place. So, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, no you don't remember this I'm... whole long email we read last week or the week before about um, this uh, Scottish soda iron brew that oh, is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I think highly caffeinated orange beverage that tastes like exclusively like artificial flavors and is just like horrifying, but it's also free, I think. Did we learn? It, it was, was free at, at that at Pizza, pizza hut, hut, right? Like as much. Yeah, so somebody. So on a previous episode, somebody explained to us why it was free because apparently it's horrifying, is the reason. <laughs> and uh let me see if i can pull this back up uh let's see oh no squash was free yeah you maybe you have to pay extra for urn brew um brew? okay so oh maybe squash is urn brew oh man um is so squash squash like brew? Is frozen orange juice at room temperature watered down and then someone else said we're going to send you a crate of urn brew which is sugar radioactive materials and real iron this um, is seriously like listening to Jordy and Data talk about the Enterprise's engine system. I, just, yeah. I don't know what the fuck any of <laughs> yeah, these dude. You were here mean. for this, though. No, no. I know that, but I just... I've been here, and like I heard you say those same words, but you're just saying words that don't mean anything to me in weird ways. It's just... You're talking literally about soda techno babble. That is what's happening right now. <laughs> okay, well, so Seth continues. I'm an American living in Scotland for 20 years, uh, and Urn Brew is a national point of pride. I first had it while I was studying in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, and became the gave me a pronunciation, um, and became fascinated with it. When I returned home, I got a job at a local shop who wanted to import some. I wrote to bars. Uh, the uh, place that makes it and explained that I was interested in importing a small amount, a case or so to the US and they wrote a lovely, polite and thankful letter to explain that unfortunately, unfortunately they could not import it to the USA because one of the colorings they used is not approved for human consumption here. Great. I like this. Burn brew is the only successful way to cut through the fainted uh, of a fish supper. True fact. All right. Anyway, I, you're right. Now it is starting to sound like food techno babble, but I love it. <laughs> I do very much like learning about a, thing, a flavor that we've never like when I had ketchup chips for the first time a couple years ago, it was like, 
what do you mean ketchup flavored potato chip? Like it just didn't, it was fun to learn about. That doesn't I mean, make any sense. Yeah. I, I, there are some, I guess that is the kind of the fun thing about like, you know, these food, te- food cultures and technologies where it's like, if you grew up in it, it all makes sense. And then being to, like kind of like dropped down into it is that kind of like techno babble stuff where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how is this consumable? Like, why, how, do, how have you been drinking this iron brew for over a hundred years and it's your favorite drink? Like, there's a lot yeah, of, I picture, lot I'm trying to explain, like, if you're trying to explain Red Bull to somebody and you were like, well, it tastes bad on purpose so that you know that it's working and it gives you wings. And also sometimes you mix it with alcohol, which is definitely dangerous. Um, I mean, and it's like $9, but the can is smaller. Like there's a lot, it would be very hard to justify all the things about Red Bull. Yeah. So I think there's, there's some stuff where it's like, you have to start at a certain time in order to actually get it. And I'm, that's what right. I'm actually curious, Alex. So this has been like, you getting into Star Trek, are you too late to be into it? I guess. Y- yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I think we, I think that's the been true of a lot of things you've shared with me. I, you know, I did feel this week a lot more positive vibes towards the show. Like the characters are all like, and the actors are all lovely, and so just like hanging out with these people and the reset nature of it, the like the way syndicated show works, I can see why that's so fun and comforting for people. And that is how, you know, I, I, I watch like terrible reality shows that way where people like crazy people mine for gold in Alaska. Yeah. Where I'm just like, oh, I just want to hang out with these people again. See what's, you know, oh, they're going to fix the same problem. They always fix every week. You know, I, but it is harder at this stage and it was hard to imagine like getting into it, into it now, but I definitely enjoyed parts of it and can see why people like it. That's, that's totally fair. Uh, I wish there was a, there was a new show that kind of was aiming for this level of of comfiness though um for for me personally Isn't i want that this to Seth MacFarlane one trying to do that i can't do it i can't do it no Sorry. you shouldn't I, of course not i but... just can't do that i can't I, that guy is yeah, just gonna i know oh yeah yeah so I just but can't isn't do that. that what it's trying to do? Yeah, it's it's specifically trying watch. to I don't necessarily want a throwback completely. I want somebody to be like like to kind of take on the mantle of this type of show and do something new with it though. The Orville from what I understand is literally just someone doing Next Generation again. And right. I I don't need that. There's like so much next generation. Like, <laughs> I will never run you out. You want basically. a next next generation? I want the that's next, actually good. I, that's literally what I'm saying. I want that. I want the next next generation. Give me, give me. All right. Well, I'll do my best. Um, we have to get out of here. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We will be back again next week with another just okay episode of Read and Weep. <laughs> next week. Hey, this is fun because you guys don't know this because I changed the schedule and didn't tell you. Next Yay. week, we're talking about Space Jam. Because we have ah. to. We have to. I can't not watch it, but I also can't watch it and then not have you guys to talk to about it. So I'm going to watch Space Jam next week. And so if I'm going to do it, you have to do it. So we're all watching Space Jam. I'm going to not Jam watch it and two. see if you guys figure out that I didn't watch it. Space Jam 2021. Yeah. Is it is it called Space Jam 2 officially? No, a new legacy or something like that. New uh, legacy. I watched it last night. With the and? Uh, it's, it's, it's IP the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Um... I just I want to look at it because I like anything that's got a guest appearance from the Droogs. That's what I'm here for. Um, yeah, I, I watched this trailer and I was so upset by it. I was just so dismayed and uninterested. But I also can't not watch it because it feels like I have to know. And that is more than anything else in the history of our show. The closest to like a real ethos is like. And I definitely uh, think seeing the sort of worst of sort of capitalist and end of capitalism, you know, horrible recycled culture mm-hmm. will really help prime us 
for the Paul Verhoeven miniseries we're gonna do afterwards. Perfect, then. Uh, I don't know what which, that means, but good. I'm so glad. Yeah, it, I genuinely think it's actually a really good idea to watch okay. Space Jam and great, then great, dive great. into, like, Robocop. Well, also what's great about this is it is available on HBO Max, so if you already have HBO... This is one where I think it is okay for me to watch it and not in theaters, right? I don't have to see this oh, big. Oh, yeah, I do not think. No. Yeah. Good, good. <laughs> you do not see? need this big This theater. is what I want, is I want a movie that's like, well, it's kind of free. It's right there. I don't have to go pay for it again. It's the right price. And not be like, oh, but it's beautiful. So, um, it also be fun because LeBron will be shorter than me. He'll be on my little TV. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's really fun, but uh, not fun. That's terrible. That's happening next week. Space Jam, a new legacy in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, if you guys have thoughts, please send us an angry Twitter thread at read underscore weep yeah and you can also email us podcast at readdeathweep.com and facebook and whatever else we're on the web we're wherever you'll find me um thank you to all of our meat buddies uh including with a new meat buddy uh just just a, like an hour before we started and i did not have a chance to get a segment together for you so we will have a thank you for our new meat buddy mallory next week look forward to that um yeah that's it we gotta go uh thanks for being here uh, Lieutenant Anthony Lopez. Yeah, thanks for having me. I just wanted to make sure I got my uh, my ranks right. And Ensign uh, Ensign Hunter, thanks for being here. Yeah, hey, thanks. Wow. And first officer Ezra, thanks for hanging out with us again two weeks in a row. Such a delight. We can get U.S. safe iron brew. It looks oh. like. Like they, they have a separate version. Oh, on we Amazon. We were looking at this. It was too expensive for the joke. I thought. Oh well, I mean. I'm going to still try it. <laughs> you are? You're going to do it? I don't know. It's yeah. like 30 bucks. Wait. No, 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 no. 20 bucks for a six pack. Uh, I'll, I'll find three other people who want it. We'll each get two. Get two. That's reasonable. Three, a three pack for $12. $4 a bottle for what everyone else has described as like you had to be there of sodas. No, don't do this. I want to be yourself. there. No, you, no, but you won't have been. It's too late. You just said it. You're like, you're coming in too late. I'm going to try it. We'll see what happens. All right, talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Me.